Good evening, listeners. Welcome to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank. This is episode 20. I'm excited to be here with you all tonight. I am your host, and you're listening to WQEE 99.1 FM in Kiata, Newton, Georgia. I hope everyone's having a great night. It's now time to enter the late night madness. The first thing that we're going to talk about in the world of the MLB in our first story is between the Miami Marlins versus the Baltimore Orioles. Kyle Bradish took a shot out into eighth inning, and Danny Colombo retired Luis Ariza on a game-ending lineout with a runner on second as the Baltimore Orioles held off Miami's late rally in a 5-4 victory over the Marlins on Sunday. The Orioles won their eighth straight game, but not only before nearly blowing a 5-0 lead in the ninth, Areza, flirting with 400 for much of the season, lined out to left field to end it. He went 0-5, dropping his batting average to 380. Anthony Santander hit his 100th career home run for the Orioles, who began the day two games behind Tampa Bay atop the AL East. They were up 3-0 before Miami's opener, Stephen Oker, got and out in the first inning, and Bradish took it from there. He allowed three hits and a walk with eight strikeouts and seven and one-third scoreless innings. A very great outing for him. Working deep into the game after Baltimore used its top two relievers each of the previous two nights, Edward Bizzardo gave up a two-run devil to Gene Segura with one out in the ninth, but Colombo got the final two outs for his first save in 233 big league appearances. John Birdie managed a run-scoring single off Colombo, and Dane Myers doubled home a run to bring up Areza. The Marlins lost two of the three games in this series by one run by after going 21-6 in one-run games before the All-Star break. Gunnar Henderson and Adley Rutschman opened the game with consecutive doubles to make it that one nothing lead, and Santander followed with a two-run shot, his 17th homer of the year. Oker allowed a single to Austin Hayes before finally retiring Ryan O'Hearn on a pop-up. The left-hander was then taken out. The Orioles scored twice in the fourth without a hit. George Soriano loaded the bases with one out on a walk and two hit batters. Then a run came home on an er error by shortstop Joey Wendell on a soft grounder by James McCann. That could have been an inning-ending double play. But Henderson followed with a sacrifice fly off Gwaskar Brzadbin and Bradish exited after 100 pitches thrown. Man, that's a lot of pitches to be thrown, folks. And with the Orioles up 5 nothing at that point in time, it appeared Baltimore would have an easy day with all-star relievers Felix Bautista, Yanir, getting the day off. But then the Marlins made it interesting with their four-run ninth inning. But here we have our trainer's report. As for the Marlins, right-handed pitcher Johnny Cueto pitched three scoreless innings off relief in his first appearance 
Since returning from his bicep injury, he's been on the injured list since April. As for the Orioles, outfielder Cedric Mullins did not play after leaving Saturday's game with a quad tightness. Outfielder Colton Kowser and second baseman Adam Frazier were hit by pitches around the left knee and right shin. Both remained in the game. It was the Baltimore Orioles who took this game to the folks to the bank by the score of 5-4. In this last story of the MLB news that we're going to be recapping tonight, it's between the Arizona Diamondbacks versus the Toronto Blue Jays. Danny Jensen hit a three-run double in the eighth inning to give Toronto what turned out to be an important cushion, and the Blue Jays beat the Arizona Diamondbacks 7-5 on Sunday to complete a three-game sweep. Kevin Kiermaier and Santiago Espinol each had two hits and RBI, and Vladimir Guerrero Jr. broke a two-all tie with a sacrifice fly in the fifth as Toronto picked up its sixth sweep of the season and won for the eighth time in nine games. Very good for them. Very great in that regard. So, the Blue Jays are 19-7 against NL opponents, and Toronto moved to 53-41, a season-best 12 games over 500, but still trails first place Tampa Bay by six games. And second place, Baltimore by five in the stout AL East. Arizona was swept for the second time in the season. The Diamondbacks have lost four straight and 10 of 14 to fall into third in the National League West, one half game behind San Francisco. They're right in the mix, right there with San Francisco. But Jansen's base bases clearing devil of Scott McGow. In this eighth, made it a 6-2 game, and he later scored on a pinch hitter, Dalton Verschos, infield single. Arizona made it exciting in the ninth after Mitch White walked the bases loaded. Kittle Marte made it a 7-5 game with a three-run double off Eric Swanson. Swanson then retired Emmanuel Rivera for his second save and three chances. But Jay Jackson... Relieved Jose Kikuchi with two outs in the fifth and retired all three batters he faced. Tim Meza got one out. Trevor Richards worked the seventh and Yimmy Garcia pitched the eighth. Now for the Diamondbacks, they had runners at first and second in the seventh when catcher Jansen picked off Jake McCarthy at first to end the inning. But McCarthy was also picked off at first by pitcher Nate Pearson in the seventh inning. So, Tommy Henry lost for the first time since May 11th against San Francisco, snapping a 10-game start on beaten streak. The left-hander allowed three runs and seven hits in four and one-third innings. But Henry departed after Bo Bichette's single put runners at first and third in the fifth, and Guerrero greeted right-hander Kevin Kinkle with a first pitch sacrifice fly. But Arizona scored single runs in each of the first two innings against Kuichu. His errant pickoff through and uh, Kiermaier's bobble in the center field allowed Loredas 
Guerrero Jr. to score from second in the first. But Nick Omhead scored on Kate Cruz wild pitch in the second, but Toronto tied it, and it was out of reach at that point in time. Now to our trainer's reports. As for the Blue Jays, left-handed pitcher Hyun Jun Rai had Tommy John surgery, and he allowed one run and three hits and five innings in his rehab start with AAA Buffalo on Saturday night. But the thing is, is that in this game, it was the Toronto Blue Jays who took the Arizona Dimex to the bank by a score of 7-5. Into the night we go. You don't want to go anywhere, folks. We're about to recap upon the NBA offseason. Active Pest Control offers the best services and prices to protect your home. Offering both monthly and quarterly pest control services, plus specific services like bed bugs, German roach, and flea control. Even if you can't see them, insects are all around you 24-7. Active Pest Control wants to be the first line of defense. Active Pest Control. Repair. Bond. Best termite coverage around. Active Pest Control. 34 Jefferson Street, Newton. 770-954-9941. Want to give back to your community in a meaningful way? Cares for Kids is a Keller Williams Realty-founded charity in which 100% of money raised goes directly to children in need in our area. Cares for Kids helps fund local organizations like Angel's House, Coweta Casa, Elevate, and more. Help Cares for Kids reach their mission of serving 1 million children. Call 678-634-9770 today to learn more on how to be involved or text k for k Noonan to 44321 to donate. This week's Property of the Week is located at 688 Cheatham Road in Griffin, Georgia. This 32.14 acre track is waiting to find its new owner. This property features a three bed, two bath home built in 1890. An 18 by 28 utility shed ran with its own power and water, fencing for horses and other livestock, and timber such as pine, oak, and pecan trees. Call 678-634-9770 for more information. Welcome back. You're listening to a nightly crowd catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key FM in Newton, Georgia. And now we're heading into the world of the NBA. So, in our first story, we've got an ex NBA All Star and champion joining the ownership group of a WNBA team, the three time NBA champion. And 13-time All-Star Dwayne Wade is joining the WNBA's Chicago Sky ownership group. He's becoming the latest high-profile figure to invest in the league at a pivotal juncture in its 27-year history. We all talk about support, and support looks different for everyone. Wade, who will be inducted into the Naismith Basketball Hall of Fame, Next month, told ESPN. And so, instead of tweeting out and saying, go support the W, instead of showing up at the game and supporting, I wanted to take it to the next level. And this was the next level for me. It's a great opportunity to be a part of the league in its very early stages. 
growth is going to happen. And so I wanted to be a part of the growth of this league. Wade's investment is subject to approval from the WNBA Board of Governors. His exact ownership percentage has not been disclosed. He has made an impact now in business and philanthropy in really significant ways that are abiding and authentic and true. And that is who he is. We are at the Chicago Sky. Sky co-owner and operating chairman Nadia Rolson told ESPN. And so the fact that now he can help us be part of the story, well, that is extraordinary. Wade's interest in the WNBA made waves last month after he was seen visiting a Sky practice in Deerfield, Illinois. His interactions with the team earned rave reviews from players, Rawlson said, before his official involvement was announced on Friday. The NBA legend is the newest investor in the franchise after the Sky sold an approximate 10% stake of the team at an $85 million valuation last month to a group including Chicago Cubs co-owner Laura Ricketts. Michael Alter, who first bought the team to Chicago of the 2006 season, remains the team's principal owner. This isn't the first pro sports ownership endeavor for Wade, who retired from the NBA in 2019 and has since joined the ownership groups for the NBA's Utah Jazz and the MLS Real Salt Lake. And when it comes to Sky, when Wade said the partnership just makes sense, Wade, a Chicago native who went to high school in the suburb of Oak Lawn, credits his mother, Jolinda, for his first introducing him to the team and taking him to the game. She was a fan of Chicago Sky before I became a fan of the Chicago Sky, Wade said. But Wade also had a pre-existing friendship with former head coach and general manager James Wade and said the team has frequently supported his camps in Chicago. This is meaningful for the players and this is meaningful for the city as a whole. Rawlson said, Dwayne Wade is a son of Chicago and the thing that differentiates us, I think, from other franchises is that we are Chicago. We are the future of Chicago. We are the culture of Chicago. We are in it and of it. And he is very much sort of a main character in that story. And we're just pleased and thrilled at what the future can bring with both us working together. Wade's commitment to the sky comes at a key point in the organization's history, not even two years after its first WNBA championship in 2011, 20 to 2021, the team is in the midst of transition after James Wade left for an NBA assistant coaching job earlier this month. This past offseason, Candace Parker and Courtney Vandersloot opted to play elsewhere in free agency, while Allie Quigley and Emma Messison also did not return. Those departures didn't discourage Wade's involvement in the franchise, rather now with his support. The team's previously determined priorities can be accelerated and amplified 
Rawlinson said. Those priorities include keeping Chicago a destination for players and fans, investing in physical resources, and bolstering marketing and storytelling. Most notably, the organization has begun scouting locations for a new team's facility, which Rawlinson called a tentpole priority. Keeping the sky and championship contention remains a focus to wait that could largely hinge on whether the team can re-sign the 2021 Finals MVP, Kaylee Copper, when she hits free agency this offseason. But Wade also envisions the sky establishing itself as a big part of the city, just like the Cubs, just like the White Sox, just like the Bulls, by securing his key sponsorships and partnerships with Chicago businesses. No pun intended, but the sky is the limit, Wade said. Wade's investment makes him the latest high-profile athlete to become a WNBA owner, joining the likes of Tom Brady, the Las Vegas Aces, Alex Rodriguez with the Minnesota Lynx, and Magic Johnson of the Los Angeles Sparks. Rawlson said that bringing in a figure of Wade's stature both on and off the court reflects a continued validation of the WNBA as a premier professional league. Wade said the high-profile ownership names bring some light to the league, but the players are the ones that are going to drive this league forward. No one is bigger than the players, Wade continued. No one is bigger than Ajaya Wilson right now. No one is bigger than Aaliyah Boston. No one wants to be bigger than them as an owner. That's not what you want. And so we want to bring attention to the league that we can. But we also want to bring our resources to the league. We want to bring what we've learned to playing in these leagues for a long time to the front offices, to the management teams, and to everyone. Wade recognizes, too, that the trajectory of the Sky franchise could impact the league as a whole as it nears 30 years of existence, which was a big draw. I'm going to enjoy this process, probably even more than the NBA process, because this one is not ready-made, Wade said. This one, it has so much room for improvement and growth, and I just want to be additive to this entire league. Hopefully, we can do this and get this all of this accomplished. In our last story of the NBA offseason, we're going to talk about here a new player signing in the land of the Brooklyn Nets, free agent forward Darius Baisley. Darius Baisley has agreed to a one-year contract with the Brooklyn Nets. Clutch Sports CEO Rich Paul and agent Brandon Kavanaugh told ESPN Baisley, 23, arrives in the Nets with an opportunity to join the front court rotation after starting 118 games in his first three seasons with the Oklahoma City Thunder. Baisley landed with the Phoenix Suns at the February trade deadline, where he played seven regular season games. The Suns required Baisley for Darrow Saric and a 2029 second round pick. But Baisley, the 23rd overall pick back in the 2019 NBA draft, averaged a career best 13.7 points and 7.2 assists in 55 games 
in the 2020-21 season. He averaged 9.1 points and 5.3 rebounds in his four NBA seasons. After originally committing to Syracuse out of high school in Massachusetts, Baisley spent a year training ahead of the 2019 NBA draft. He gained attention for a unique internship partnership with New Balance, his shoe endorser. The Nets also added small forward Lonnie Walker and guard Dennis Smith Jr. in free agency. So, with this pickup, it's going to be very pivotal for the Brooklyn Nets with Baisley's future at stake. But at the same time, I feel that he's going to help be a great role player for this community and most importantly, for the Brooklyn Nets staff. We'll be right back as we're going to be heading into the world of the NFL. Wishbone Fried Chicken is back in a brand new location. 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A here in Noonan. Same great taste. The best chicken around. Fish dinners. Open Monday through Saturday, 10.30 a.m. to 4 p.m. Dine in. Take out. It's Wishbone Fried Chicken. Right next door to their former location, bringing you the best chicken around. So great. Wishbone Fried Chicken, 31 Jackson Street, Sweet A, here in Newman. Got mold? Call the Mold Man. Specializing in crawl space and interior mold remediation, encapsulations, and basement waterproofing since 2019. The Mold Man team takes pride in keeping your family healthy and your home mold free. Visit our website, themoldmanllc.com, to schedule a quote or give us a call at 678-227-9763. Hey sports fans, it's Rod Peterson here, host of The Rod Peterson Show, inviting you to join us daily for two hours of Atlanta's funnest sports talk right here on WQEE. I say fun because it is. You've never heard a show like it because we make the listeners a part of the show. Every day between noon and 2 p.m. Eastern, you'll hear plenty of the best sports talk, including the latest on the Falcons, the Braves, and more. And who knows, you might even hear you. That's the Rod Peterson Show, daily at noon, right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Hey, sports fans. Weekdays, 3 p.m. Eastern to 5 p.m. Eastern. Drive time. WQEE. Braves Country is a Southern sports talk show with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. That's Braves Country with Mac McGee and the Armchair Quarterbacks. Weekdays, 3 p.m. to 5 p.m., right here on WQEE 99.1 FM. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 Nikita Newton, Georgia. And now, we're heading into the world of the NFL offseason. And our first story is about a Cincinnati Bengals running back restructuring his contract. The Bengals are keeping starting running back Joe Mixon. On Friday night, the Bengals agreed to restructuring Mixon's contract to keep him for the upcoming season. His agent, Peter Schaefer, told ESPN's Adam Schefter, Mixon had a $9.4 million non-guaranteed base salary for the season and and represented a $12.5 million hit against the salary cap. The sixth-year veteran has spent the entirety of his NFL career with the Bengals. In 14 games last season, Mixon rushed 
for 814 yards and seven touchdowns. He missed two games while recovering from a concussion. And still, Mixon's numbers dropped from what they were doing in his Pro Bowl season back in 2021 when he had a career-high 1,205 rushing yards. While the production dipped, Mixon's cap charge for the 2023 season created uncertainty regarding his future with the team. At the NFL Scouting Combine in February, de facto general manager Duke Tobin said it was unclear whether Mixon was going to return. But after the draft in April, when the Bengals didn't take a running back until they selected Illinois' Chase Brown in the fifth round, Mixon's status with Cincinnati seemed a bit more solid. His future is here with the team, Taylor said. After the Bengals drafted Brown, I like Joe Mixon. Throughout his four-year tenure with the Bengals, Taylor expressed his support for Mixon, the former Oklahoma standout the team drafted back in 2017. Mixon did not answer any questions from reporters during the Bengals offseason workouts, but expressed his excitement to continue with the team. In year seven, back at it, Mixon said in April 17th in a brief statement before he left the locker room. Mixon was the t- team during voluntary and mandatory workouts while he awaits the settlement of his legal situation. Mixon is facing a misdemeanor aggravated menacing charge that is set for his trial on August 14th. During Cincinnati's training camp, according to police records obtained by ESPN, Mixon allegedly pointed a gun at a woman on January 21st in a road rage incident and threatened the shooter. Cincinnati police said the incident took place 24 hours before Bengals played the Buffalo Bills in the divisional round of the AFC playoff game. Mixon has pleaded not guilty to the charge. The last story. Unbelievable. Unbelievable that he would even do this. It's just crazy to even think about that that would even happen. It may affect his future, but we don't really know in that regard. But going into the last story of the night in the NFL offseason is about a former Pro Bowler defensive lineman making his decision to retire after 10 seasons former Pro Bowl defensive tackle Malik Jackson announced his retirement Friday after 10 NFL seasons. I'm done. I'm not leaving the couch right now, but Jackson said on NFL Network's Good Morning Football, Jackson, 33, spent his first four NFL seasons with the Denver Broncos, helping the team to a victory in Super Bowl 50. He played his three next campaigns with the Jacksonville Jaguars in 2016-2018, earning Pro Bowl honors in 2017. After registering a career-high eight sacks, Jackson played two seasons with the Philadelphia Eagles on the 2019-2020 season and one with the Cleveland Browns in 2021. He did not play in the NFL in 2022. That was the goal. 10 to 12 years was my goal, Jackson said. 
I was able to get to a point where I was doing okay. I was doing pretty well for myself. I did enough. I have a daughter, and I need to go home and be with her and start living life. Jackson recorded 292 tackles and 35 and a half sacks in 142 career games, 89 career starts before being selected by the Broncos in the fifth round of the 2020 of the 2012 NFL Draft out of our Tennessee team. So it's pretty amazing what he has accomplished in his career. He's had a Pro Bowl. He's been able to change the lives of every franchise he's been a part of. And the shelf life of a defensive lineman is not that easy nowadays. But Jackson, you've had a great career. Thank you for spending your opportunities with us at the NFL. We wish you the best of luck and life's endeavors. Now, in this last story of the night in the NFL offseason is about a nostalgic moment of the NFL franchise and this year's prestigious SB Awards, as well as athletes and sports winners and the other major professional sports sectors. So, the Super Bowl champion, Kansas City Chiefs, added to their accolades at Wednesday night's ESPN's SB Awards. The award for best team and quarterback, Patrick Mahomes, honored as best athlete, men's sports, and best NFL player. Mahomes was won two Super Bowls in his last five seasons and was named MVP of the game each time, including this past February. He will turn 28 in September. It was an incredible season. There was many ups and downs, Mahomes said. I appreciate my teammates, my coaches, the guys that are here. I go back to camp next Tuesday. So, this is a great award. But we're going to do this again. We're going to keep this thing rolling. Now for the best athlete. Skyer Michaela Schifrin received the award for best athlete women's sports. Schifrin won her 87th World Cup race in March. Breaking the mark set by Ingemar Stemark for the most wins. By any skier, she went on to win her 88th cup race, as well as the overall season title. This season was absolutely incredible, and there was a lot of talk about records, Schifrin said, at the Dolbury Theater in Hollywood. And it's got me thinking, why is a record actually important? I just feel like it's not important to break records or reset records. It's important to set the tone for the next generation to inspire them. Other champions from the past year also heard their names called at the 30th ESPYs Awards, an event that helps raise awareness and funds for the V Foundation for Cancer Research. This really hits home to me in my life, and it's incredible what they're doing. This foundation, this charity, was founded by ESPN and late college basketball coach Jimmy Volvano at the first SB Awards in 1993. So the Denver Nuggets, who won their first NBA title last month, saw center Nikola Jokic named best NBA player and point guard Jamal Murray named best comeback athlete of the year. Ajay Williams 
who led the Las Vegas Aces to their first WNBA title last season, was honored as best WNBA player. And Angel Reese of the NCAA Women's Basketball Champion LSU Tigers was named the best breakthrough athlete. The award for best championship performance went to Lionel Messi, who won their his first World Cup with Argentina. He also was named best soccer player for the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance. Chicago White Sox pitcher and cancer survivor Liam Hendricks received the Jimmy V Award for Perseverance, recognizing Hendricks' strength and resilience since his diagnosis with stage 4 non-Hodgkin lymphoma back in December. Hendricks, who has donated $100,000 to cancer research throughout his treatment, announced in April he was cancer-free before returning to the mound back in May. So the 34-year-old Australian hurler told the ESPYs of the audience he had pitched much of the 2022 season with cancer. That right there is an absolute inspiration to this world. Incredible job. That was an eye-opener, Hendricks said. I didn't feel too many symptoms, but I had some lumps around. It just shows you the power of the mind. When you don't think anything's wrong and you believe that you can do anything, you could do anything. So I was throwing 100 miles per hour while going through stage 4 lymphoma and then coming back after 8 rounds of chemotherapy and 4 rounds of aminotherapy and was able to get out there and throw 96 miles per hour. This is unbelievable. He is a leader in this world and he's setting the example. Just showing what you can do. That isn't physically who I am. That's all this is. That's all mental. Now, as for the Arthur Ashe Award for Courage. The Arthur Ashe Award for Courage, which goes to a person or group in the sporting world that makes a difference far beyond the field of play, was awarded to the United States women's national soccer team for their ongoing pursuit of equal pay. The players sued U.S. soccer in 2019 in the May 2022 season, unions for players on the U.S. women's and men's national teams approved new collective bargaining agreements with U.S. soccer that afforded the women's team equal pay for international competition, including World Cup bonuses. The CBAs went into effect in June 2022, and they run through 28. Since then, the U.S. WNT has continued to leverage their platform to raise awareness around pay and equality and social injustices in the U.S. Brianna Scurry, goalkeeper for the national team from 1994 to 2008, joined Sam Mewis and the Christian Press in speaking on behalf of the U.S. women's players Wednesday night. She saluted the 1985 team, the first U.S. WNT, noting the fight for equality began with those players. They are the foundation of this entire community of giants. Now, as for the Pat Tillman Award Award winner in this year's. So, an emotional Damar Hamlin presented members of the Buffalo Bills athletic training staff with the Pat Tillman Award for service for the life-saving measures they took when they suffered a cardiac arrest during a January game. Damar Hamlin. The Tillman Award goes to a group 
or an individual with a strong connection to sports that has served others in a way that echoes the legacy of the former NFL player and U.S. Army Ranger, Pat Tillman. The Bills' athletic training staff, quick actions on the field using CPR and an automated external debilitator, help Hamlin before he was taken to a hospital for further treatment. He has since recovered and plans to play this fall, which is unbelievable seeing what happened in that game last year. The staff was greeted by a standing ovation from the SB's audience. The staff huddled around Hamlin on stage, hugging him, and patted his back with his back to the audience. Hamlin bent his head and appeared to break down. Damar, first and foremost, thank you for staying alive, brother, said Nate Bresk head trainer for the Bills. We're not used to having the spotlight on us, he said. We're just doing our jobs. But the idea of service is definitely something that is ingrained in our profession, and that was taking great pride, said the training staff. Bresk urged support for funding for automated external debilitators and CPR training, especially in under- served communities as well as for athletic trainers and youth sports. Learn CPR and how to use AED because they save lives, he said. So, as for the Muhammad Ali Sports Humanitarian Award, that's going to Drew and Lauren Holiday. Congratulations to them. As for the Billie Jean King Youth Leadership Award, that's going to Jordan Adamea, Ashley Bodis. Rashawn Patel. Now, other winners to be announced. Best record-breaking performance by Los Angeles Lakers, LeBron James, passing Kareem Abdul-Jabbar for NBA career scoring record. Best play of the year goes to Minnesota Vikings, Justin Jefferson, making a one-handed catch against the Buffalo Bills. Best college athlete, men's sports, goes to Caleb Williams, University of Southern California football. Best College Athlete Women's Sports goes to Caitlin Clark, Iowa Women's Basketball. Best Athlete with a Disability goes to Zach Miller and Snowboarding. Best MLB Player goes to the Los Angeles Angels, Shohei Otani. Best NHL Player went to Connor McDavid from the Edmonton Oilers. Best Driver F1 Series goes to Max Verstappen. Now... Best UFC Fighter of the Year goes to John Jones. And the Best Boxer for Women's goes to Clarissa Shields. And as for the Best Golfer, this goes to Scotty Scheffler. And then, the Best Tennis Player Award goes to Novak Djokovic. And this rounds out this year's ESPY Awards. Congratulations to all the winners. We'll be right back with Music News. Stay tuned. How do you make the most of your land? Everyone has their way. The Nelsons depend on their John Deere Gator XUV 835R to get from point A to point B with decoys and the dogs. Much as we got going on, it's all about efficiency. And if you ask the Mosers what they use their Gator XUV 590M for, they tell you. The most fun we have on the Gator is just ripping around the property. There are millions of ways to make the most of your land. Learn how to make the most of yours at Deere.com. Nothing runs like a deer. 
I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, and even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. I'm not going to lie. I know nothing about cars. And I don't really mind keeping it that way. This, it's cool. I called CarShield before my car broke down. Thanks to CarShield, I don't have to understand anything about what's broken. Because plans can pay for repairs on up to 6,000 parts of my car. Leave fixing cars to the experts and call CarShield before your car breaks down and maybe save some money for once. It's a thought. Call 800-579-6554. 800-579-6554. At Jersey Mike's, they slice your order fresh right in front of you. And let me tell you, watching that can send a rush of emotions through a person. Excitement, impatience, baby-like wonder, indecisive, anticipatory chewing, nervous pacing, happy claps, and finally, jealousy, because that's this guy's sub. I should order one. Good idea. Sliced right in front of you. It's a Jersey Mike's thing. A sub above. Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crowd Catcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at Noon in Georgia. And now we are on to our music news segment. In our first story, we're going to talk about a hip hop icon who joins a pop star on stage in Detroit. So Eminem and Ed Sheeran continued their musical collaboration on Saturday night in the former hometown of Detroit. It was the rapper's hometown, pretty much. It was the rapper's first public performance since his Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction last November in Los Angeles, joining the latest stop of Sheeran's Mathematics Tour for a two-song surprise guest spot deep into the show. I've always been excited to come and play in Detroit, Sheeran told the crowd of more than 65,000 at Ford Field, noting that Eminem is one of my favorite artists and talking about sampling the fair at the rapper's mom's spaghetti takeout nearby. I wonder if I can play a cover of one of the songs for you. Sheeran, who'd also shouted out his love for M. During a Friday night subtraction tour show at the Suburban Royal Oak Music Theater. And his five-piece band then began playing Eminem's award-winning Lose Yourself. Singing the opening lyrics until Eminem, sporting a dark hoodie and basketball cap, joined him to roof-raising the light of a crowd cheering. But had already pronounced... The loudest of the tour so far. The two worked through the first verse and chorus of the song. With Eminem commanding already on his feet. Crowd two to stand up. So Sheeran then told the fans that that Eminem was going to come on and do one song. And I said you can't come on in Detroit and do just one song. Do you want to hear another? As he repeats to the crowd. 
Then two then recreated their Rock Hall performance of Eminem's 2000 Smash Stand, with Sheeran covering Ditto's song parts. So the two shared a couple of hugs, but with Eminem saying thank you to Ed, I appreciate you, Detroit. So before leaving the stage with a middle finger salute to the audience, I don't know about you, but that was pretty awesome, Sharon said before rolling into his next song, Perfect. He later gushed, this has been such a mem memorable night, I will never forget it. And for the encores, Sharon paid further tribute to Eminem during the encores by wearing a Detroit Lions jersey with the number 5 and the name Mathers on the back, really to show support. The two have been regular collaborators over the years. Of course, Sheeran guest on Eminem's single River from his 2017 re revival album and also with 50 Cent on Those Kind of Nights from the 2020s, Music to be Murdered By. Eminem, meanwhile, appeared on the Remember the Name from Sharon's number six collaborations project in 2019. But prior to the Rock Hall induction, Eminem performed at last August MTV Video Awards with Snoop Dogg at Ape Fest 2022 during June. Those came after being part of the Emmy Award winning halftime show at the Super Bowl in Inglewood. Hasn't performed a full length concert, however, since October 2019 in Abu Dhabi, one of those seven international shows he played together. It's pretty amazing what kind of camaraderie Ed Sheeran has had with Eminem over the years, and their support for one another is unbelievable. It's fantastic to see this in the music industry. Two incredible artists really having each other's back. It's exactly what you look for. But we'll be right back with the next segment. On music news. When you really need something to get you through a long graduation ceremony, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are there to give you a thrill. With varieties like Trolley Sour Bursting Crawlers, the worm's soft and chewy texture, surprising flavor combinations, and neon bright colors will give everyone a reason to celebrate. So when you want to notch the festivities up a couple degrees, Trolley Sour Gummy Worms are the perfect way for everyone to celebrate. Shop now for any trolley that crawls your way. This is Austin Black, and I am the host of Behind the Tunes. Have you ever wondered about the stories behind your favorite songs and the journeys of those that sing them? Well, each week, we invite you to go behind the tunes and step into the stories behind your favorite Christian artists that shape the landscape of today's music. Hey everybody, this is Andy Crispin. Join me this week for worship as I play two hours of the best in modern worship music from churches and worship leaders around the world. And this week, my special guest is Blake Goss of New Spring Worship. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I'm making ways in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. For us, that scripture came alive because he did a new thing actually in an old place. You don't want to miss a moment of this week's worship with me, your host, Andy Crispin. 
WQE 9.1 FM, The Key, home of Southern Sports and Talk, Noonan, Sharpsburg, Franklin. The Baxters have a new first book. From number one New York Times bestselling novelist Karen Kingsbury, author of life-changing fiction, comes The Baxters, a prequel, the heart-pounding story of Carrie Baxter's wedding. Amidst family tension and the worst storm Bloomington, Indiana has seen in a decade, The Baxters by America's favorite inspirational storyteller, Karen Kingsbury. Visit KarenKingsbury.com for more information. The Baxters, available now wherever books are sold. I'm pretty handy around the house, but now that I have kids, I don't want to spend my Saturday installing a toilet or fixing an air conditioner. But thankfully, there's HomeAdvisor. HomeAdvisor helps me find the best home pros in my area to handle any kind of project. You can read reviews of the pros, check their availability, even book appointments online. And what my wife loves most is that HomeAdvisor is completely free to use. Go to HomeAdvisor.com or download the free app to get started. HomeAdvisor. Wake up and text. Text and eat. Mm-mm. Text and catch the bus. Text and miss your stop. Wait, 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 wait. Text and be late to work. Sorry, I'm late. Text and work. Text and pretend to work. Text and act surprised when someone calls you out for not working. <clears throat> Who, me? Text and meet up with a friend you haven't seen in forever. Hi. Oh, hey. Text and complain that they're on their phone the whole time. <sighs> Text and listen to them complain that you're on your phone the whole time. Ugh. Text and whatever. But when you get behind the wheel, give your phone to a passenger. Put it in the glove box. Just don't text and drive. Visit StopTextsStopRex.org. A public service announcement brought to you by the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration and the Ad Council. Welcome back. You're listening to the Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Key at Newton, Georgia. And now... We're heading into our last segment on music news. This story is about a 2024 Grammy nominee Big Four prediction. So, when the nominations for the 66th Annual Grammy Awards are announced on November 10th, Taylor Swift, the RZA, are each likely to receive nods for album, record, and Song of the Year. It will be a bit harder to crack the big four categories than it was last two years. The Recording Academy is cutting the number of nominees in each of those categories from a blow to 10 to 8, which was the magic number from 2018 to 2020. Before that, it was generally 5, and that this year's eligibility period closes two weeks earlier than usual, running from October 1st, 2022 through September 15th of 2023. Following are Billboard's best bets for who will be in contention as for Album of the Year. In a welcome change, the Academy reinstituted a baseline of involvement needed to receive a nomination in this category, credited and featured artists, songwriters, producers, engineers, mixers, and mastering engineers must have worked on at least 20% of an album's playing time to receive a nod. This is up from no baseline the last two years. 
And when the Academy handed out nominations in this category like they were, so Boy Genius, The Record, The Trio, consisting of Phoebe Bridgers, Julian Baker, and Lucy Dacus, co-produced its long-awaited debut album with Catherine Marks' previous supergroup collaborations to be nominated in this category, including Crosby, Stills and Nash, and the all-star trio consisting of Dolly Parton, Linda Ronstadt, and Emmy Lou Harris. Traveling Woolberries and the three tenors made the Billboard 200, and they peaked at number four. Next nominee, Drake and 21 Savage for the song Her Loss. This year's 50th anniversary of hip-hop has received year-long coverage, which boosts the already good chance that at least one rap album will make the finals. Her Loss was up for the album of the year at the BET Awards back in June. This will be the third album of the year nomination as a lead or co-lead artist for Drake following Views and Scorpion, and the first for 21 Savage. The Billboard peaked at number one for one week this year. Lana Del Rey, did you know that there's a tunnel under Ocean Boulevard? She would be the next nomination. Del Rey's ninth studio album could yield her second nod in this category following Norman for four years ago. Del Rey co-produced the album with Jack Antonoff, Benji, Zach Dawes, Drew Erickson, and Mike Hermonas. They made the Billboard 200 and they peaked at number three. The next one on the list is the Foo Fighters for the song But Here We Are. One of the Grammy's favorite bands collaborated with one of the Grammy's favorite producers. Greg Kirsten, a two-time winner for Producer of the Year, non-classical, The Foo Fighters' 11th studio album. Their first since the death of drummer Taylor Hawkins in March of 2022 could yield their third nod in this category. They peaked in the Billboard at number 8 on the Billboard 200 chart. Next on the list is Olivia Rodrigo for the song Guts. Rodrigo's up-and-coming second album could very well follow her debut, Sour, to an album of the year not. It was produced by Dan Nigro, who also did the honors on Sour. This would be the second time Rodrigo has been nominated alongside one of her idols, Taylor Swift, in this category. Sour competed with Swift's Evermore two years ago. Next on this list is the RZA for the song S.O.S. This tied for Album of the Year at the BET Awards with Beyonce's Renaissance, a Grammy nominee in the category last year. The RZA, second studio album, had multiple producers, including Babyface, Jeff Boxker, Benny Blanco, and Shell Bank. And this Billboard 200 peaked at number one for 10 weeks. Next on the list is Taylor Swift for the song Midnight. This would be Swift's sixth nomination in the category, which would put her in a tie with Barbara Streisand for the most nods by a woman in Grammy history. Swift co-produced Midnight's with Jack Antonoff, uh, Sinon Wave, and Jahan Sweet, and Keanu. 
she could make history when the Grammys are presented February 4th, 2024, becoming the first person to win Album of the Year four times. She currently tied with Frank Sinatra, Stevie Wonder, and Paul Simon with three wins each. And she made the top one for six weeks. It's pretty amazing to see all of this could transpire. But as for record of the year, the ones that are renowned on this list, Miley Cyrus's Flowers, Luke Combs's Fast Car, Lil Durk and J. Cole's All My Life, Pink Panthers, and Ice Spice for Boys a Liar Part 2, and Rihanna's Lift Me Up. So the list really shows that it's there. And then once again, we got the RZA with Kill Bill also on the list. So it's just incredible to see what has happened. Now for nominees for Song of the Year. A&W, this songwriter is with Lana Del Rey, Jack Antonoff, and Sam Drew. Another nominee is All My Life by Lil Durk, J. Cole. And then another one for Taylor Swift, Anti-Hero. It's two of them on the nominees. Flowers, Kill Bill, Lift Me Up. So it really is incredible to see what's been going on. And then as for upcoming artists, best new artists of the year, nominees are Gracie Abrams, Ice Spice, Jelly Roll, Coco Jones, Noah Kayan, Pink Panthers, Peso Pluma, and Bailey Zimmerman. So this list really is a testament of what's been going on in this music industry and it's truly made a difference on seeing all these younger artists coming up in the game right now. And then for the ones like the RZA, who's really been an absolute star, who was really an incredible artist back in the 90s and the early 2000s, really coming into stardom this year. Could this be his time? Late in his career at this point in time, that will be remain to be seen to see what's going on with the RZA. He is every fan's dream and every rapper's best friend. Coming out of Southwest Florida, the astronaut himself, Chase Rhyme. Hello neighbors, it's your Southwest Florida recording artist, Chase Rhyme. And my single, Closure, is out now on Spotify, Apple, YouTube Music, and anywhere you can stream music. Make sure to follow me on Instagram and all other social sites, at Chase Rhyme Music. You heard it here first from Chase Rhyme, your friendly neighborhood black man. Are you an unsigned artist that's looking to take the next step and your career? Look no further. Your time is now. Joint Empire Troop has come to your rescue. Owners Casey Case and Cameron Whitaker are ready to make your musical dreams come true. Whether you're looking to record your next track, compose your next project, or need help with mixing and mastering your existing music, we will always be here for you in your time of need. For more information, go to www.joinempiretroop.com Welcome back. You're listening to Nightly Crowdcatcher with Corey Bank on WQEE 99.1 The Kiana Noonan, Georgia. Everyone, thank you for supporting me. Thank you, WQEE. Everyone who has listened tonight, get home safe, get a great night's sleep, and we'll see you the next time. Have a great night, everybody.